be my strong rock, a castle to keep me safe, for you are my crag and my stronghold. For the sake of your name, lead me and guide me. In the name of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. Well, the first part of my working career, I was a hospice chaplain. I spent about a decade and a half at the bedside of those transitioning from this world to the next. Sometimes I was with patients for just a few minutes. Other times I would walk with patients for months or maybe even a couple of years as they journeyed the sacred path from this world to the next. This time in my life was foundational. Unbeknownst to me, I was learning how to be a priest. I learned the power of presence and offering peace when chaos reigned supreme. I listened to countless people share stories about their lives, what they were proud of, what they regretted, their fears was thrown into the mix of complex family situations, all of it weaving together a tapestry of lives remembered and lessons learned. I became a big, big believer and still am in the power of storytelling, collecting, recalling, and celebrating life. Many lessons were learned during that time, but another very important lesson for me was this. Absolutely trusting in God's timing. I know that can maybe be an overused statement these days, but what was different for me as a hospice caregiver was that when I got a certain nudge, or maybe a feeling, maybe some of you guys are aware of that, a nudge or a feeling, or a certain thought about a person, I knew it was God. And I needed to pay attention to it. I needed to trust it. I needed to believe that that was God's way of saying, go. It is still something that I try to do, even in my work as a priest. I will say, though, as a newbie chaplain in the early part of my career, I wasn't always so keen on paying attention to these nudges or leanings. I would get distracted. I would make an excuse. I would say, I'll do it later. And what I found when I listened to that part of me, opportunities were missed. Timing was completely off. I missed being with someone as they took their last breath. I missed out on an important conversation that needed to happen. And so these missed opportunities began to add up, and I quickly learned that 
these feelings of emptiness and depletion would take over. So I resigned myself to the fact that I needed to begin to pay attention a little bit better. For example, as I went about my day, I became more aware of my surroundings and my patients, a bit more in tune, which heightened my sensitivity and awareness for when these nudges and leadings would come from God. But here's the essential part, I think. You can get all the leanings and nudges in the world, but what matters is to have the courage and strength to act on them, to go when needed, instead of making the excuses, which inevitably I always regretted. So this is my priestly roundabout way of saying, if you feel led to do something, to go somewhere or to be with someone, just go ahead and do it. Trust that this is God's spirit leading you. Trust in the blessed timing of God. Which brings me back to today's gospel passage, a passage in which Jesus comes to his disciples and he offers these beautiful words of assurance and hope. And they are words that I think all of us would be better hearing every single day. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. This was a passage when I would go and be with patients and families in need, that sacred, thin space transitioning from this world to the next, I would say regularly and often, do not let your hearts be troubled. Well, these words seem so appropriate to say at the sacred time of death, considering the context to which Jesus speaks them this day. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, but he is reassuring them first. And then he extends a reason for this reassurance. He reassures them that he is indeed preparing a place for them. Not just any regular place, but a beautiful place. And the reason, because it is so beautiful, is because simply he will be there. Again, Jesus offering this blessed gift of presence. So I'll ask you this morning, when thinking about Jesus preparing a place, what comes to mind for you? I hope for most, whatever that place is, it's a place of peace and freedom. And I'm not necessarily talking about mansions or dwelling places in heaven, because I believe Perhaps Jesus is speaking about this place as well, 
a present and real place for you now, a place that provides goodness, that feeds your soul. Or maybe, just maybe, it's not a place, but a person, a faithful and healthy relationship, a state of being. Whatever it is, it feeds you, it makes you better. It fills you in a way that nothing else does or can. Because it's been gifted to you by God, it's simply a pure gift, whatever, whoever, and wherever it may be. So along this journey of life, I think at certain times we catch glimpses of this awe and wonder of Jesus, these encounters with him that provide presence, the Holy One with you. And we, like the disciples, they too experience this. And just like it changed them, so it changes or has the power to change us. And so it makes us want more. Somehow it makes us trust the idea of what it might be like to always have presence. I am ever more convinced if we move about the space we inhabit with intention, these experiences, these leanings, these nudges, they come. And what's more, the eyes of our hearts and souls are more open to them, to receiving them. I was reminded of that just this week in so many ways. But I'm going to share an example of one of them. As many of you know, one of our very own, Mackenzie Savage, a very young woman, 23 years old, found her way to grace about a year ago. Many of us have been journeying with her this year. Mackenzie has desired nothing more than to fulfill the call she feels that God has placed on her life to care physically for others by being a doctor. It's been quite a process for Mackenzie. The ups and downs of the process have been gut-wrenching and tiresome, to say the least. She did all of the hard work of study, preparation, and working very, very long hours as an EMT down in Lake Jackson. Many times along the way, Mackenzie would reach out to me and say, Mother Suzanne, I don't know if this is going to happen. She was frustrated and not knowing whether or not all of her hard work would pay off. But so resolute in her belief of this, she was prepared even if she didn't get accepted to medical school, to go back to school, retake the MCAT, wait another year, and try again. And what I would tell her when she would share this with me was to trust ultimately 
in the blessed timing of God. When and if it was to happen, it would. Keep moving forward, doing those things that are ultimately leading and living into exactly what you want. Well, out of the blue this week, I got a random text from Mackenzie, and she said, Mother Suzanne, I need to talk to you right now. So I called her immediately. She had just gotten off of working 36 hours as an EMT. She was exhausted. But she wanted to share the best news. She'd been accepted into medical school at the University of New Mexico. She couldn't believe it. She smiled. She radiated. And she again expressed to me how God's timing means everything. Well, I am ever more convinced that those who desire to live a life aligned with God can often look back on a series of encounters with him through scripture, friendship, relationships, prayer, sacraments, music, through the beauty of the natural world, or simply by considering the mystery of life. There are so many ways in which we encounter him, and it is through these ways we gradually come to believe, know, and love him more. And so these words of peace that Jesus offers us this day, in the midst of whatever or wherever you find yourself, perhaps harmony and contentment are your companions this day, and Jesus' words of peace only reinforce exactly how you're feeling on the inside. But I have a sneaky suspicion with this many folks gathered in a room that there might be some who are in a very, very different place. Are you at your wit's end? Is your heart troubled and your blood pressure sky high because of stress or fear? Does a black cloud follow you and oh, you just wish you could get out from under it? Does your heart and mind long to be free of whatever heavy situation or weight you're carrying? Or dare I say, caring for someone else? It's not yours, but you're carrying it. It's heavy. Well, these nudges and leanings, or perhaps the people who kind of just fall out of the sky into your lap, into your life, these are the ways that God comes to us. It's not far-fetched because if you read the scriptures, this is exactly how Jesus operated. He healed the sick, he opened the eyes of the blind, he made the lame to walk, and then he conquered death so that even the grave cannot have its hold. 
And while doing all of this, he came to us with words of comfort, which disarm and remind us that we are indeed firstly loved, and secondly, never, ever, ever alone. Again, do not let your hearts be troubled. When you see Jesus, you see God. And when you see perfect love, it is the triune God. And he comes to us in many different ways. Trust those leanings and nudges and pay attention to when something doesn't feel right or, oh my goodness, when it does, act on it, whatever it may be. As poet Mary Oliver says, those just might be the things that change your life. Amen. May the Lord, mighty Lord, bless and keep you forever, granting peace, perfect peace, courage in every all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost rest upon you this day and always. Amen and amen. <laughs>